chapter 27 of the knights of the square table this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org the knights of the square table by secretary hawkins the man who disappeared hawkins said the skinny guy to me after the meeting there is something very funny going on in the old mill on banklet creek i looked up from my writing you're still breaking the rules eh i asked i'm spy for our gang said link i got to break the rules when it's best for our club and you'll be glad i did when i tell you all i saw tell it i said let's waste no words well said link i paddled up the river last night and when i came to the creek i said to myself i might as well take a trip up the creek when i came to the old mill i saw a light in it it might have been poorly in his nights of the square table i said no said link i passed him they were all on the river bank they had a big bonfire and were holding a meeting around it but this light in the old mill it was funny it would shine for a minute then it would go out just like we saw last summer i said some fellows think the mill is haunted don't you think so too not quite i don't know what the light is but i ain't interested enough link to bother my head about it i'm willing to stay away from the old mill and let things be but link wouldn't see things my way although he didn't say any more to me about it he talked to some of the other boys and the next day shadow loomis came to me hawkins he said suppose we find out what's wrong with the old mill shadow i said we are just through signing a peace proposal with pulley and long tom is done and out and things look pretty nice for us what's the use of poking our heads into a hornet's nest now so he went away and i thought i had settled the question once and for all but a little later robbie hood came to me with the same suggestion and i told him flatly i wouldn't bother at all about the old mill then the next day dick ferris our captain came with the same story and when i told him that i wouldn't stand for such things when we had made a rule to stay away from banklet creek he up and said well we will go without you hawkins our minds are made up we think pulley has something to do with this haunted mill yes i broke in but we signed peace with pulley what's the use of starting new trouble can't help it hawkins said dick the other fellows are set on doing it they are going to look at the mill tomorrow the next day being saturday we held our meeting at ten o'clock in the morning after which i noticed that there were only a few boys skating on the frozen river i knew where the others were they had gone to the old mill a boy to see you sir said perry stokes who is it perry i asked rube miller sir the same as belonged to our club last summer when we were in camp show him in perry in came rube the same old rube whose father owned a farm up on banklet creek hello hawkins he sang out this is the first time i have had a chance to come and see you where are all the fellows i told him and he said to me that he had come down to ask us all to spend the day up at his pop's farm i told him i would be glad to go with him though the other boys were gone he seemed glad and i told him i'd have to go home first and tell my ma where i was going 
So he went along with me, and after that, we went back to the clubhouse where he had a one-horse sleigh hitched to a tree. We got in and had a jolly ride, the sleigh bells making music as we went. It was after dark when I started home from Rube's in the same old sleigh. Rube was so jolly, and the crisp winter air was so good to feel on your face that I hardly noticed the old familiar places along the creek until Rube called my attention to a glow in the sky. Look, he said, police knights of the square table have a bonfire somewhere. Reed rode on in silence, save for the jingle of the sleigh bells. We crossed the ice-bound creek at the point where Polly and Herb had had their fight last week and then went on down until we came to the place where, across the creek, the old mill stood. Suddenly we heard a call. That you, Hawkins? And a moment after Ruth had pulled up the horse and the sleigh stopped, we were surrounded by boys. I thought it was you, said Shadow Loomis. We've been watching the old mill across the creek all day. Not a sign of anything. I told you so, Shadow, I said. Pound in. This slave will hold all of us. Let's go home. Not on your life, spoke up the skinny guy who came out of the shadows behind us. We've been watching that old mill all day, and we won't go now. You'd better go, said Rube Miller. It ain't safe around the old mill after dark. It's haunted. That's what we want to find out for ourselves, said Dick Ferris. Well, look then, right now, said Rube, pointing across the creek. I turned my eyes toward it, too. There was a soft light moving toward the mill. So soft it was that it reminded me of a firefly. It disappeared, and then for a few moments all was dark. But suddenly we saw a light in one of the windows of the old mill. For a minute it stayed, then was gone. I hope you boys are satisfied, I said. The old mill's haunted. Why bother about it? We might find it dangerous. No, said the skinny guy. It ain't like you, Hawkins. You never turned away from such a thing before. We're going to find out. If it is a ghost, we want to see what kind it is. If it ain't, we want to know what's going on in that old mill. More than likely, it's old Pulley up to some of his tricks. Don't forget, I said, that Pulley has signed peace with us. We are not to have any more fights with him or his gang. Let's let him alone if it's him. We're going over, Hawkins, spoke up Shadow Loomis. So I saw that there was nothing to do but go over, so I told Rube to wait, and I got out of the sleigh and followed the boys across the frozen creek. But before we got started, I saw the other boys stop and wait for me. You'd better lead the way, Hawkins, said Dick Ferris. All right, come on, then, I said, and I started running for the old mill. What did I care for haunts? Didn't I know that there was no such thing as a spook? And I learned in Cuba that human beings have a slick way of making people believe that places are haunted. Sure, I said to myself, if there is a spook in the old mill, you can bet your last bum nickel that it is a real live human being. We reached the old mill, not a sound, not a light. The old misshapen window showed the black patches of darkness within. The old ramshackle roof seemed to be ready to slide off the walls that supported it. The tall pine tree that lifted its head behind the mill sifted a shower of flaky snow upon us as we stood there. You see, I said, there we have been fooled. It's easy to fool the human eye, fellows. We think we see a light sometimes when we don't. What we think might be a light might only be... But my words froze upon my lips, for suddenly there appeared a soft glow in the mill. 
brighter and brighter it grew until each window threw a soft light. The ghost whispered Dick Ferris behind me, and his words frightened the others so that they turned and ran. Only the skinny guy and I stayed to watch. We looked in the ramshackle mail through the misshapen window, and we saw, we saw, like a part of the floor suddenly moving, a door opened up, and the old man, the same old man who had come into my clubhouse that memorable day to ask me to read his letters, yes, it was he. He came out of that hole in the ground, and he carried a lantern. He seemed so old that it was a hard job for him to hold up the floor door. He stepped upon the floor and let the door slam back into place. He looked all about him, and we quickly drew our heads away from the window. The next thing we knew was the light of the lantern moving among the trees. Come on, Link, I whispered to the skinny guy, and together we raced back across the frozen creek where the other boys and Rube and his sleigh waited for us. Take the sleigh bells off, Rube, I said hurriedly. We've got to follow that light. See it? Rube saw it. We had the sleigh bells off the horse in less time than it takes to tell, and stowed them under the seat. Then we all piled in one on top of another, and Rube turned the horse around, and back we went, following the light of the lantern that winded its way among the trees to the lonely house. Yeah, we reached it almost as soon as the old man who carried the lantern. Wait, I said, catching the skinny guy's arm. Don't be in such a hurry. What's to be gained by following the old man? I've got to see whether he's a spook or not, said Link with a grin. Hawkins, he doesn't own that lonely house. He hasn't any right in it any more than he has in the mill. I know, I said, but neither have we. But we are going to see, said Shadow Loomis. You can stay here with Reuben and Slay if you want to till we find out for ourselves. Not so you can notice it, I said doggedly. If you boys are going to follow the old man, I'll go with you. But what will you say to him? What excuse will you give him? Leave that to me, said Shadow Loomis. Come on. And so then together we walked. We saw the old man go in the front door. That old lonely house looked more spooky than ever now. For as soon as the old man entered the door, the lights seemed to go out. When we reached the door, we couldn't see a sign of the light. Here's my electric flashlight, said Shadow Loomis. You take it and lead the way, Hawkins. So I took the flashlight and in we went. We went all through the house. Not a sound did we hear. Not a sign of life anywhere. It seemed as if the old man had simply disappeared. We went upstairs. The same thing. No sound. No sign of the old man. It got on my nerves. We were sure we saw him enter. We saw it with our own eyes, yet the house was empty. Dick, I said to our captain, you take your flashlight, you and Shadow, and stay downstairs. Link and I and Robbie Hood will go upstairs with our lights and look around. If you see or hear anything, just call. So Dick and Shadow stayed below while we three went up the broad staircase. The steps creaked under our feet as we went, and strange to say, those creaks seemed to me as so many warnings as if they were saying, Stay below, there is no good for you above. And now the thing began to nettle me. It began to make me think that perhaps, after all, I might be mistaken. I'd always thought that there are no such things as spooks. 
Supposing now that I was but face to face with the fact that there were spoofs, that the two men who had posed as real estate agents had killed the old man, and that his ghost had wandered these old forsaken haunts to frighten people. Hawkins said, Link, as we stood in his spacious library, its empty bookcases lining the walls, looking like so many shelves in an abandoned grocery. Hawkins, this place is surely haunted. We saw the old man come in here. Where did he go? I shook my head, but I went once more through the whole section of the house, upstairs, and with the aid of my electric flashlight, examined every corner of the place. There was no old man hidden here. Nobody was in the lonely house, neither upstairs or down. We looked everywhere. Nobody was in the lonely house. Fellas, I said as we joined the boys below, there is something darn funny going on in this house. I think we had better get out of here as quick as we can. There certainly was something strange about it. Nobody could fool me. I saw the lantern that the old man had carried when he came out of that floor door in the old mill. I saw the same lantern through the woods to the old house. I saw the old man with his lantern go into the lonely house. And yet, when we went into the lonely house, there wasn't a sign of the old man. You might say I didn't look thoroughly, but I know I did. I looked into every corner, but I will give you my word the old man wasn't in that house. So that's why I thought it was high time for us to get out of there as quickly as we could, which we did. End of chapter 27 Read by Carol Sutton, Knox, Pennsylvania, April 20, 2022